Hello and welcome back to another episode of Teach Me to Pray. It's a podcast from Eastside City Church. And today, joining me once again is Paul. Paul, thank you for returning. Hey, thanks for having me back. As always, this podcast is a mix of teaching and interviews with people who pray. And so whether you're a new Jesus follower or are seasoned in the way of Jesus, there will be something for you in this podcast. This is Episode 8, The Holy Spirit and Prayer. What do you do when you don't know what to pray? Have you ever found yourself in this position? I often don't know what to pray. When I'm faced with an overwhelmingly challenging situation, something that just feels colossal, like a loved one who is very sick, or when we get news of a tragedy even somewhere in the world, or a friend shares some incredibly tough news with me. In those moments, it can be hard to know mm -hmm. what to say and hard to know exactly how to pray. Have you found that, Paul? Oh, yeah. I think especially in this day and age, there's just so many distractions and concerns that are going on in my mind uh, that even when I do sit down to pray, my mind feels like fuzzy mm. or, or busy. It just can't sit still. Uh, and uh, so it's hard. It's hard to know what to pray for, what exactly to pray for. You begin to question and doubt. There's a lot of just uh, distractions and uh, uh, other voices that are kind of trying to pull, pull you away from this, like, this specific time uh, that you want to pray for. Mm -hmm. Well, the Apostle Paul uh, says exactly that in Romans chapter 8. And Paul, uh, who was a great first century leader in the early church, he admits that sometimes we don't know what God wants us to pray mm -hmm. for, and that it's part of our weakness, that we can be uh, uncertain, overwhelmed. Uh, we just don't have the words. And sometimes even when we do know what we want to pray for, uh, it's the question of, is that what God wants us to mm -hmm. pray about? How can we even know? Well, mm -hmm. the good news for us is that Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit to help us. And this is what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit can pray for you. Uh, it might be even in just a groan, mm -hmm. a heavy sigh, that frustrated grunt. It might not fit into any language known to you, but the Holy Spirit helps us to pray, and our Father in heaven knows our hearts. Mm -hmm. It's part of God's perfect will that the Holy Spirit helps us to bring our prayers into harmony with Him. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, incredibly encouraging to know that even in our busy mind or even when we feel uh, doubt or discouragement, that to just look back and think about, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit is there and actually knows where we're at when we pray. That's such a powerful uh, verse that, uh, that Paul has, uh, has given us and kind of encouraged us with. Yeah, and it, it's, it's not a surprise to God mm -hmm. that we're going to be surprised. In, in situations where we don't know what to pray about. Mm -hmm. And even that God has provided for us his Holy Spirit mm -hmm specifically to help us, even in those moments when we're going, God, what do you want me to pray about? Mm -hmm. God, how do I respond in this situation? How can I pray for somebody maybe who's asking us to yeah. pray for them? And it feels so over our head or something that we're not, we're not sure of the words to say. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, let's look at uh, our next verse. This is Jude 1, verse 20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as believers in Jesus, we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our prayers are powerful, faith-filled prayers. And we are to build one another in faith, to encourage each other, and to pray powerfully in the Holy Spirit. It also says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Our prayers include songs and psalms and hymns, having a heart full of joyful music that springs up from within us because we are full of the Spirit of God. We pray and we give thanks. We have hearts of gratitude because of the Spirit, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15 to 19, it says, Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. I thank God I speak in tongues more than any of you, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Here Paul distinguishes praying in the Spirit and praying in understandable words, along with singing in the Spirit and singing in words that we understand. And so part of this has to do with those who are around us and just being considerate of others, building up others, mm -hmm. encouraging others with our prayers, with our songs. And so we're to strengthen others, not just solely focus on ourselves. And Paul talks of speaking in tongues often, but that in a church meeting, it's far better to be understandable and build up others mm -hmm. than to pray in a way that no one can understand. And so when we look at the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do for us as believers in prayer? Number one, he enables us to pray. Because Jesus has saved us, we have been adopted into God's family and we've received his Holy Spirit. Now we can know God as our Abba Father. We can boldly pray to him because his spirit is in us. The second part is he inspires us to pray. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, God says he will pour out on his people the spirit of grace and prayer. The Holy Spirit of prayer has been given to us. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 21, Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired joy to spring up in Jesus. Jesus then turned that joy into a prayer of thanksgiving. The Holy Spirit can also do the same for you and I. He inspires us to be joyful, to be thankful, and then we turn those feelings into prayers directed to our Father. The Holy Spirit inspires us to pray in tongues. Throughout the book of Acts, we see people being filled with the Spirit and praying in other languages, other tongues, to the work of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit enables us to pray, and he inspires us to pray. And then thirdly, he motivates us to pray. Romans 15 verse 30 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave the church a love for Paul 
that motivated them. It was a gift that motivated them to pray for Paul. And we too can be motivated to pray by the love the Holy Spirit gives to us. When Paul lists the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, love is the first part listed. God produces love inside of us by the working of his Holy Spirit. So let's take a look at uh, praying in the Spirit. What does it mean when we say pray in the Spirit? What are we talking about? What's Paul saying? Uh, In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So it's easy to think of private prayer as being something that's solitary. I mean, imagine if you're sitting down to write a letter to a friend or to draft an in-depth email. So you would be thinking about your friend, they would be in your thoughts, but they're not present, they're not participating in your email. And when I started to pray, I thought of prayer like this, communication that I send to God, and then maybe I'm waiting for his reply, almost like I'm leaving a voicemail and then waiting to hear back, or sending off an email or a letter. But then I started to think of prayer more like a phone call. A conversation where I talk to God and I'm listening in my spirit Mm -hmm. to him, like he's on the other line with me. But when we consider what it means to pray in the spirit, it shakes up some of these examples. Praying in the spirit means that God is in me, helping me pray, inspiring me to pray, motivating me to pray. He's praying with me. Because I'm filled with his spirit, his spirit is praying through me. And so do you see how good God is? Of course, we're not going to always know what to pray. And of course, we don't know what God always wants us to pray about. But his spirit knows exactly what and how to pray. And so I need to recognize that prayer isn't solely something that I do but it's another part of the Christian life where I'm partnering with God, yielding to him, praying and listening and letting his spirit lead. And so I think that's incredible. I mean, it certainly takes the pressure off me Mm -hmm. of having to perform or come up with all the right words or to make everything sound good. I have the Holy Spirit helping me to pray. And so I think the thing that we need to consider is, are we full of the Holy Spirit? Are we just relying on our own words and trying to craft these beautiful monologues of prayer? Or do we find ourselves sticking like rigidly Mm. to a script or a form or a tool, or this is the only way that I pray? Are our prayers just kind of rote, dead, empty things that we're kind of saying out of duty or out of obligation? Or are we yielding to the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to lead and guide us as we offer up our prayers. So I think it's this beautiful thing that we have of seeing God is in us. God is with us. God's helping us to pray. And I think it's so easy sometimes to just come to prayer Mm -hmm. in this idea of like, oh man, I've got to do this Mm -hmm. and all the pressure's on me and I haven't been doing well in prayer or we we kind of judge ourselves in these ways. It's like we have a burden or something like that. Before we even come to God to release our burdens. These expectations that we kind of put on ourselves when it comes to uh, this life of prayer. And yet, if we can come to this place of seeing, no, God's spirit's in me and Mm -hmm. he's helping me. Mm -hmm. He's not just like watching me and grading me and judging me on my prayers. No, he's he's inside of me, encouraging Mm -hmm. me, motivating Mm -hmm. me so that I will pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe today you're listening to this and you feel empty, you feel dry and dusty, and you might even feel far from God. Maybe you're listening to this and you just don't really have a desire to pray. I I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, to anoint you, to motivate you, to remind you of your loving Abba Father who cares for you so much that he gave his son as a sacrifice to save you from your sins. And maybe today all you have is a groan or a sigh. 
Turn it into a prayer. Direct it to your Father in heaven. Ask for his spirit to help you pray. Well, let's take a look at our next section. We're going to talk about praying in tongues. And uh, Paul, I'm going to get you to read our our first scripture here. But first, I I just Mm -hmm. want to say speaking in tongues is biblical. The Bible teaches that speaking in a prayer language builds you up, that it's a gift of grace, and that you can choose to pray in tongues. And so we're going to take a look at this uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. Uh, And this is what uh, Paul says. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm praying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You'll be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. Well, we know that Paul spoke in tongues. In verse 18, he said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. And so it sounds like he prayed in tongues a lot. Now, sometimes people worry that speaking in tongues is evil or demonic. They think it sounds weird or that it's fishy. But I want us to remember the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 11. In Luke 11, verse 11 to 13, Jesus says, You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God gives good gifts to his children. He doesn't trick them with a snake or a scorpion. And so we can trust the Holy Spirit and follow the example of Paul who spoke in tongues. We don't have to feel like, oh, this is weird, Mm -hmm. or this isn't biblical, or this isn't something that we are supposed to do. And and I've heard people kind of share those objections Mm -hmm. or or be concerned about it. But it's important to remember, this is a gift that God has given Mm -hmm. to us by his grace, Mm -hmm. and it's a good gift. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, we, we know that speaking in tongues is biblical. The entire chapter of 1 Corinthians uh, 14 gives us direction and clarification about how the gift of tongues and praying in tongues, both the gift of tongues and praying in tongues. And verse 14 says that when you pray in tongues, your spirit is in fact praying. Uh, speaking in tongues is also a benefit. Uh, in that verse, uh, 14, verse uh, chapter 14, verse 2, teaches us that when you pray in tongues, you are speaking to God. Now, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. And in verse 4, verse four it says, whoever speaks in a tongue edifies himself. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. And praying in tongues is a choice. In 1 Corinthians 14, 15, Paul writes that he chooses to speak in tongues. Paul prays in tongues and also in words he understands. It's a choice that we choose to make. It takes faith and it is a decision. It's not the Holy Spirit taking control of you and forcing you to make silly sounds. It's choosing to open your mouth and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you to pray in words and sounds that you don't comprehend or understand. Yeah, Pastor Morris says that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, that we yield to the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit isn't just taking control mm-hmm. of us. It's not like we're suddenly taken You're over. You're not possessed or something like that, right, like exactly. a zombie. No, the, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Yes. We yield to him, and we allow the Holy Spirit to pray even in these ways that we don't completely understand, making these sounds that, Mm -hmm. you know, we might be opening up our mouth and we might be making sounds, but it's the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. partnering with us and praying through us. Well, if this is something that you are unsure of or uncomfortable with, 
then I would encourage you to talk to God about it. I mean, this is our podcast on prayer. So take it to prayer. Mm-hmm. Take it Bring to prayer. it to God. Your Father in heaven is the one who has given you his spirit. It's by his spirit that we now call him our Abba Father, our Daddy God. And so we can bring all of this to him in prayer, and we can look to study and understand the truth that he's already proclaimed in his word. And so let's take a look at if you are saying, hey, I want to speak in tongues. That's something that I I want that gift. I want to see uh, that at work in my life, the Holy Spirit praying through me in this way. Then I want to give you just kind of five different things to do if you want to be somebody who speaks in tongues. So number one, I would say get alone with God. So shut the door, find a private space Mm -hmm. where you're not going to be embarrassed. Uh, Maybe if you have a trusted friend, uh, you may want to pray with them and ask for their help or their encouragement. And then secondly, ask God to give you the ability to speak in tongues. Remember his promises that he's a good father and he gives good gifts to his children. And then the third step would be to open up your mouth and to start to make a sound or sounds. Now, it's going to feel weird. Uh, And it could potentially be embarrassing, Uh, or maybe you're going to feel like you're faking it. But the idea is it's easier to steer a moving car than a parked car. And speaking in tongues is partnering with the Holy Spirit. You're still the one that's making the sounds. It, It requires your participation, but you're yielding to the Holy Spirit of Jesus to turn those noises into prayer. And so I think sometimes people get caught up in, they just kind of sit there, open their mouth, <laughs> yeah. but they're not kind of doing anything to kind of in that partnership. They're kind of waiting for the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit to take over waiting for and a prompting to, or... yeah, to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And so just remember, we're in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Now, you might just start with a single syllable repeated over and over. And that's what it was like for mm-hmm. me at first. I kind of just was saying this first sound just over and over, like a da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. And think of a baby learning to speak. No one is discouraged when a baby starts to make their first sounds. It, it's learning. It, it's uh, my, my last point that I would say to encourage you would be keep at it. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. That you don't learn a language in a day. And while we never really like learn our prayer language like we would like maybe a, a foreign language, Um, it's still something that we want to make regular use of. Uh, It's not something that we just want to try and then abandon. Mm -hmm. It's a gift, but it it takes time for us maybe to feel a little bit more comfortable or understand how these things work. So keep at it. Don't give up. Remember, it's a good gift from God. And if you're unsure about any of these things, just take it to God in prayer Mm -hmm. and talk to your father about it. Mm Well, what does this mean for us? Kind of as we look back at the things that we've talked about uh, in this lesson, we're looking at how God has given us his Holy Spirit, how God uh, helps us to pray by his spirit inside of us. That when you don't know what to pray, God's Holy Spirit is going to help you. And that He will inspire you to pray. Maybe that's you today and you just need some inspiration. And just to say, God, would you inspire me to pray? Maybe you need some motivation today. Mm -hmm. God, would you motivate me to want to pray? And uh, we can pray in a private prayer language, which is a gift from God for our benefit. And so uh, let's end this lesson time, as we always do, with a prayer. Father, thank you that you have given us your spirit. Thank you that prayer is not about us having all the right words or knowing what to say, but that your spirit helps us to pray. Thank you that we can pray in a unique prayer language, that we can pray in the spirit, that we can choose to pray in this way. And I I pray for those today who feel empty or dry. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill them up? 
Would you motivate them? Would you encourage them? For those who are looking to speak in tongues, Father, would you help them to get that time alone with you? God, to boldly open up their mouth and to begin to speak out in sounds and syllables and to allow you to shape those noises into a prayer language as they yield to your spirit. God, we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Today, I am joined by Josh Yi and Tony Spita. Uh, Josh Yi is a Bible college student. Uh, he's working as a summer intern with us, while Tony is a former summer intern and a university grad just getting started in his field. And this is our first time having two guests to interview. And I wanted to talk to both of you together because, first, I know your friends. Uh, but also, I'm interested in the similarities and the differences between you both when it comes to following Jesus and to prayer. So thank you guys for being here with me. Happy to be here. Should be fun. Thank you, Tony. I'm excited to be here, too. Thanks, Josh. All right. Well, the first question I always start an interview with uh, is, and I'm going to start with you, Josh, is what does prayer look like in your life? kind of right now, how do you pray? Well, ever since I went to Bible college, I have taken my prayer life from, let's say it was like a one to like a six or a seven, or like, it's a better example, a five to like a 10. Okay. Because like going to Bible college, I not only have I been inspired by like others around me, but it's been like, I've kind of had to, like I've kind of had to not only pray, but like dive into the word like more. You know what I mean? Like sure. had to like take what I was doing from like before and just multiply that by 10 just so I could get on a level where I could understand what I was being taught. Awesome. So give me a picture kind of of what what does it look like when you're actually praying? Like are you praying out loud? Are mm -hmm. you kind of in your car? Are you in your room? Are you uh, is it more silent in your head? What what does the practicalities of prayer kind of look like for you? So when I'm at home, because I don't live in a non-Christian home, usually I have headphones with worship music playing and I'm on my knees in front of my bed mm. or I'm in my car and mm -hmm. I'm in a parking lot by myself with worship music playing, okay. I have my Bible in front of me mm -hmm. or yeah, or I just, I, I'm just in my car alone. Sometimes I like it silent. Sometimes I want to yep. be able to try and meditate. Okay. And hear what God's trying to say to me. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. And uh, Tony, what about you? Uh, how do you pray? What does prayer look like in your life right now? Uh, I would say prayer for me. Um, so when I was, I don't know, a young kid or whatever, I had mm -hmm. this boy's Bible. And uh, during the course of the Bible, you would have these, uh, you know, little devotionals tucked sure. in. And so a devotional they had for the Lord's Prayer is to see the Lord's Prayer as kind of a model for praying, not right. necessarily that we should just repeat the Lord's Prayer every time we pray, but that we take how Jesus framed prayer sure. and then adapt that to our situation. So yeah. lots of, um, you know, let's starting off with just like honoring God and like kind of worshiping him in that sense. Yeah. And then uh, from there, you know, asking for provision, you know, God, I need this, help right. me with this. Mm -hmm. But then also, you know, when it talks about uh, help me to stray from temptation. This kind of like God help me to be yeah. become the better Christian, and then uh, hmm. praying for others, of course, and then finishing it off with more just like you know worshiping God, honoring Him, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So in terms of like that's what I that's how I typically pray. Sure. The more practical elements of it, I would say, um, I was raised in a Christian home, so there was no reason for me to uh, really need to make my prayer secret or private or anything. Sure. But I just always wanted to. Right. Uh, so I pray when it's super late at night. I'll mm -hmm. pray in the shower. I'll pray kind of any time that I know that I'm going to be alone. Right. And then I'm going to be uninterrupted. Uh, yeah, that's cool. how I pray. Awesome. Uh, so Josh, you uh, mentioned growing up in a non-Christian uh, family. Uh, so can you talk a little bit more about how that has maybe influenced your prayer life? So like as a kid, my mom... Everyone except me and my mom are Christians. My mom's on the fence, but mm. she used to pray sitting on the toilet. And she would take time. This is a little weird, 
Sure. But she would go to the bathroom and pray by herself on the toilet. Okay. And it's because like my family, they're all Buddhist. They all mm-hmm. don't really like that we're Christians. Okay. They don't really like that. Like I'm at Bible college. Mm. So like for me, it's like during COVID, it was really hard. Mm. Like, man, I would like, I'd be watching the service and I'd be getting one ear just blown up by my grandparents about like how it's like cultish, how Christianity was a cult somehow or like just something, something very odd. Mm -hmm. And so I would have, sometimes I just, I didn't want to hear it. And sometimes that's how like things like headphones became useful. That's how things like, you know, hiding in the backyard, not hiding in the backyard, but just taking some time away away. or like Mm -hmm. going to a park. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Or like for me, especially like when I got into Bible college and when I was able to step away from my home to be Mm -hmm. in a place where there was godly people, people who wanted to lift me up and help Mm -hmm. me get closer to the Lord. Mm -hmm. That was very helpful. That made my prayer life like 30 times easier. Sure. Yeah. Do you, um, so did you find that really helpful? That kind of experience of of going to like a Bible college, finding that like kind of that safer environment or that place where you could kind of express um, your faith and your beliefs in these ways. Because like Anthony uh, was sharing, uh, Tony was sharing about how uh, he had like a Bible and in that Bible, it had like kind of a guide that Uh kind of taught him like, hey, this is how you're going to pray and this is what you're going to do. And it it seems like you didn't have those same kind of tools available to you. Uh, So what, how did that impact prayer for you? You kind of just explored, kind of just started talking to God. How did that start for you? Well, prayer started for me when I first started coming to church mm-hmm. when I was a middle school student in the seventh grade. I started going, actually, I didn't start here. I started at First Assembly. Mm-hmm. And so for me, originally, I was in a tough situation, abusive father, mm-hmm. wanted to get out, anything. So youth group, right? Like my sure. uh, my gra- my grandma and my uncle and my dad's side are Christians. So mm-hmm. they would they would drop me off at youth group, no problem. Right. And so it first started at a YC. Okay. I'm sure you guys all know what YC is. Youth yeah, conference. like a conference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Started at a conference. You know, the whole emotions are high. Worship's pretty loud. This was at Rexall. This was a big one. Newsboys okay. were there. Mm-hmm. It was big. It was wild. And I was like, my first ever prayer was, God, if you're real, mm-hmm. if you hear me, mm-hmm. I need something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a few months later, I... I end up out of my dad's abusive dad's home mm. and into my grandparents. And that was the first time in my life where I'm like, wow, mm. prayer, this worked. Wow. And I looked back on that and I still look back on that to this yeah. day. That's like one of the biggest parts of my testimony. If you ask anyone mm-hmm. and it's like, there was a God. Right. And that's, that was the first time I'm ever like, I was not only was like, I was like, there's a God who's listening to me and loves mm. me. But this prayer thing worked. Wow. And so that was the first time I ever like did that. But obviously, as you you keep going along your Christian faith, mm-hmm. you know, you pray for things, things don't happen. You know, you you're it's a roller coaster, right? So sure. when I go into when I when I'm going through COVID, because I graduated during COVID, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be honest, my prayer life wasn't that great. My faith was dwindling as I was just about to go to Bible college. Mm. But that was what exactly I needed was, man, I had a roommate who I got, I disagreed with a lot on a lot of things, mm. but there would be times where he'd just be worshiping in his room right. and I would just walk in and join him mm. and we'd worship and we'd pray together. Cool. And that's, that's the stuff that it's just like, that helps you uplift, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, Tony, for yourself, uh, growing up in a Christian family, how has that influenced kind of how you pray in your prayer life? Uh, you, I mean, you already mentioned the Bible that you had, uh, but what else kind of from being able to be around prayer from a younger age than Josh, who was kind of in middle school, kind of first experiencing it. Do you see a difference kind of in your story? Yeah, I would definitely say uh, it's quite a bit different. For my family, we when we were kids, when we were very young, uh, we started, we would have like family prayer sessions. And I think for a lot of kids going up in a Christian home, that's kind of a thing that you do. And it was good. Uh, but like a lot of things you do in early childhood, as you get older, they kind of fall off. So mm-hmm. we stopped doing that. And 
um, our prayer lives kind of, uh, like our private prayer lives are very much our own private prayer lives. Right. Uh, for, you know, we always say grace for mm -hmm. every meal. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have interesting times when we pray. Like I can, I don't think there's a time we've dropped somebody off at an airport without praying for them. Okay. Which is, uh, I think it's an interesting moment sure. where this kind of like that group prayer thing is now this very like somber, important occasion for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also in terms of like growing up Christian, I've been around the church since I was, you know, as far as I can remember, mm -hmm. uh, went to Christian private schools growing up, mm -hmm. uh, every assembly, every morning to start the day, there's prayer mm -hmm. and prayer. Yeah. Kind of like an interesting contrast, whereas with my family prayers, this right some outside of grace, of course, but mm -hmm. usually it's kind of the somber, important thing. Like, okay, something is important happening. Mm. Let's pray. Right. Whereas uh, with church and with Christian private schools, so much of the time it's like, let's just keep, like, let's just pray all the time. Let's just, right. like, let's get into groups. Let's pray. Uh, and for me, that's kind of, I think I definitely resonate more with private prayer time. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be with God in that moment. But I, I definitely do appreciate, you know, where two or three are gathered. Right. The mm -hmm. Spirit will be there and mm -hmm. you get in, you get into prayer. Uh, so I would say that it's not, uh, my experience is probably quite a bit different. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I, like this is how my upbringing kind of drove me to this point. Um, lots sure. of different factors. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. kind of how it influenced me. So what about that moment kind of like you're saying, like you're a kid and it's like, hey, we're going to do this prayer time as a family. And then kind of that transition into like, now it's kind of like, well, prayer is between you and God and it's the, your own private moment. Uh, what was that like kind of starting out in this area of like, okay, now I'm praying in this, this private time? Yeah, I would say, I don't exactly remember the moment of transition. Like, mm -hmm. I don't remember the right. day we started sure. kind of doing that group family yeah. prayer thing. Uh, yeah, for me, like, just kind of like on a personal note, for me, I don't think I ever, you know, I'm, I think I was in grade five when I gave my heart to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so often I think, at least for me as a kid, that was kind of like, oh, I think that's just like the thing that Christians do. So let sure. me do it. Right. Uh, but for me, faith started becoming real in grade eight. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was 13 or 14 or whatever. And that's, so I think at that moment, probably I kind of appreciated the private prayer time sure. a lot more right? Uh, than when I was a kid kind of transitioning like, oh, okay, good. I can just like go straight to bed. I don't have to do this like, you know, yeah. prayer thing or right. However, I thought about it at the time. But yeah, I would say, um, yeah, definitely kind of that middle school period. I guess the same for Josh. Is yeah, like, both of you kind of had this time where you kind of were beginning to to learn, okay, I'm praying, I'm praying on my own. Uh, Josh, you're saying crying out to God, seeing God answer your prayer. Anthony, you're, yourself kind of coming from this place of like, hey, this is something I do as a kid to now something I'm engaging with on my own. because. I want to, and not because somebody's making me to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, our lesson today is on the Holy Spirit and on prayer. And I, I want to know, have you guys ever prayed in the Spirit or maybe prayed in tongues? Or just how does the Holy Spirit influence your prayer life? Uh, Josh, why don't we start with you? Well, being someone who I personally identify as a Pentecostal, okay. um, obviously, you know, I really do believe in the gifts of the Spirit, speaking mm -hmm. in tongues. But I have to be careful. Okay. And, I, and, I, and this is something I've, I've started to learn, and obviously they teach you this in Bible school. Mm -hmm. um, it's to be careful with it, right? Because there are times where, like, some people have, like, just spoken in, like, gibberish, right? And that's okay. not speaking in tongues. It's, sure. you ha like, it has to be, like, given from the Spirit. Like, for mm. me, I know that, like, when I do it, I'm like drowning in worship and mm. I'm like just completely given to God mm. and then I go for it. The first time I ever did it was when I was like 12 years old mm -hmm. at Sunnyside Camp okay. when I was like a little kid that I got snuck into that camp by my grandmother. Okay. And like I remember like my youth leader at that camp just like smacked my shoulder and was like, Josh, you really need to make sure that this is the Holy Spirit. Mm. And like even now I'm like, Sometimes I get a little like 
after I do it or like even before worship, I'm just like, mm-hmm. man, if I do this, like I really got to make sure this does come from God and the Holy Spirit. Mm. But as far as like the Holy Spirit impacts my life, man, I, I, I'm so thankful for it. Um, there have been times where I've like avoided very bad decisions because the Holy Spirit just convicts me or it just mm. sends stuff my way, mm. you know? And I, I do believe our God is a God of miracles. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Holy Spirit has a part to play in that. Awesome. Uh, Tony, what about for you? Uh, yeah, I have, I have prayed in tongues. I would say um, in terms of the Holy Spirit impacting my prayer life, mm-hmm. uh, that verse in Romans where it speaks of the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I relate to more is that like, mm-hmm. when I'm like, God, I have no idea what to pray for right now. I'm right. like, life is crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm speechless. Mm-hmm. Then that's where I kind of just, I just let the Holy Spirit yeah. kind of go for it and do the work for me. And I mm-hmm. would say that uh, those are probably the prayer sessions that have been most impactful to me mm-hmm. is when it's like, all right, I'm just going to let go and let God hear, let the Holy Spirit uh, do what he needs to do mm. and get me through whatever I'm going through. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, guys. Uh, what about uh, when it comes to prayer? Sometimes prayer can be challenging. Like uh, you were just saying, Tony, of not always knowing what to pray for. We're kind of coming to the end of ourselves and kind of saying, like, man, I, I don't really know what, what to do here anymore. Uh, and so what are maybe some of the challenges that you guys have faced when it comes to prayer? Josh, we'll begin again with you. Well. Obviously, it's like when I'm at home, my family, right? Because sure. sometimes I have to be low-key about it if I don't want to be screamed at mid-prayer. Mm. Or it's like, you know, sometimes it's like they're like, I don't want to say being Asian, there comes with like judgment. But like my family is mm. very judgmental themselves. Mm. And it's just because of the way they, they were taught, the way they grew up, sure. right? So for me, there are a lot of times where I have to be secretive about it mm. or like kind of go away. And there were times like where I like, I want to cry to God. Mm. Right. And it's mm-hmm. even like men don't cry sure. in our household. Sure. So like, I like, there have been times where I just grab my car keys, mm-hmm. run into my car and right. drive like maybe three, four blocks away, mm-hmm. have like Hillsong United whole heart blasting. <laughs> and I'm crying to God about yeah. a certain situation. But when I'm at school, I find it challenging because like there are there are pros to being around like other Christians who are like uplifting you. But then Mm -hmm. there's also like, I don't want to say a jealousy aspect, but where like there are times where like other Christians will just be like, yeah, I spent like three, four five hours praying in the prayer room this morning. And you were like, buddy, I can barely spend 30 minutes. I'm going to be honest with you. My daily devos are like 20 to 30 minutes long. And then I have this one roommate who's spending three hours and I'm like, man, I wish. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, those are, those are some of the challenges I face. Tony, what about for you? Uh, I would say, I think for a lot of people, it's getting into the routine of praying and making sure that it's a consistent thing and yeah. that you're uh, building up because life is life. We get mm-hmm. distracted or whatever. Right. Um, another one that has always kind of been, uh, it's been an interesting challenge or like an interesting mountain to climb. Uh, like I said, I grew up in Christian private schools, mm-hmm. and uh, so when I was, uh, again, grade 8, 13, or 14, mm-hmm. uh, we had a former teacher who got uh, diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And of course, being the school that we were, yeah, we gathered into the prayer hall every morning, and we prayed. Mm-hmm. And we'd have teachers pray, and the students were praying, mm-hmm. and this went on for the entire school year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course... 13-year-old me, uh, the, whole, the whole idea of Christianity, I, I was still, uh, it was a very logical and kind of uh, skeptic of mm-hmm. a kid, I suppose. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I guess, I guess we'll see if this works. Like, I'm, right. I'm, I'm curious yeah. to find out because, yeah. you know, I had prayed for things before. I prayed God to take away my eczema and I still have eczema to this day, <laughs> uh, all those sorts of things. So I was sure. like, I wonder, like, is like God going to do this? Mm-hmm. And... The teacher passed away at like the end of the school year, mm. and uh, I had only known that teacher for one year. So while it affected me, all of my other friends were like crushed; they were devastated mm. naturally. Uh, but for me, really, in that moment, it was like, why, where, 
like what happened here? Like we mm-hmm. spent a whole year praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I don't doubt the power of prayer. Like Josh said, it, it does work. Obviously, we believe in a God who answers prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess it's always kind of just been in this moment where, you know, you, you know, someone goes up for an altar call and they're getting prayed for something. Yeah. And you're praying along with them. You're raising your hand. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's an interesting idea of like, is, what is God going to do here? And is right. it going to be something that we want him to do here? Right. And going back to the Lord's Prayer that I always pray, mm-hmm. uh, second line of that, thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Uh, and so anytime that I pray, I always pray, thy will be done. Yeah. Not my will. Right. And it might not make sense to me. It might be confusing to me, but yeah, uh, I would say in that challenge, mm-hmm. that verse has always provided a lot of comfort because it's just like, if there's nothing else that I can pray, right? let me just pray that your will be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. Wow, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, guys. I mean, we've got the family pressure, some cultural pressures, the uniquenesses of, uh, and then the pressures uh, that you're saying, Josh, of um, other Christians and being around them and, and kind of trying to base our, our relationship with God or even our prayer life based on what others are doing and what we're doing and that comparison that we can see. And then the challenge of, yeah, only being able to see this, this little moment that we're in and not always understanding what God's doing and not seeing the answers to our prayers the way that we would like to and wrestling with that. Uh, those are, are things that all of us, I think, uh, can relate to in different ways of these challenges that we have when it comes to prayer. Uh, next question for you, uh, because I've got both of you guys here again. Uh, you have uh, different personalities. There's uniquenesses to each of you. So we got Josh. Uh, you are loud. You're passionate. Uh, you're always hyped up. Uh, and Tony, you are more pragmatic and realistic and you're detailed. How do you think that the uniquenesses of who you are and your personalities uh, come out in your prayer life? Do you see a connection between kind of your personalities and how you pray? Uh, why don't we start with Tony? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say so. Uh, like I said, I basically follow a script. I follow a model for sure. prayer, which I'm sure uh, for a lot of people is not how they pray. It's probably a lot more off the cuff, a lot more just passion. Mm. Uh, and I definitely have had moments of like passionate prayer, but sure. often it's like, okay, I want to make sure that like I'm covering the bases of covering right. the things that are in my life. I'm yeah. making sure that like, okay, I know that this person needs prayer. So I'm going to make sure. Yeah. You're intentional. Yeah. I take care of that. Um, follow script. And again, that kind of like, okay, well, like what, let me try and think of like, what, how am I going to pray in this moment? What is God wanting to do? How am I going to cover my bases on that front? Um, yeah. Like I said, awesome. That's how I would say. Josh, what about for you? Well, like you said, I'm very passionate. So like I'll pray when I'm like in the lows and lows, I'm in tears, snot bubbles, snot crystals. I'm praying. And like if I'm happy, I'm still praying, bro. Like there would be times after like because I'm an athlete. I've played football for a very long time Mm -hmm. where we'd win football games. And if it was a big playoff game, I remember one time or two times, actually, I posted on my story and I like prayed in my story and I thanked God like 30, 40 times (laughs) And because I played football for four so long. We won one game a year. So when we won in the playoffs, it was a miracle. Right. And I would be like thanking God 40 times. I remember. One of my, my coach like responded and just laughed. He's like, bro, what are you, Drew Brees? <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't care. God, like, thank God, bro. Cause like, like for me, like I, I, I've came to that point in my life where I've learned to pray for anything and everything. Hmm. There's like rarely anything like sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say there's rarely anything, but there are a lot of times where I do forget for things, but when I don't, I will pray for anything and everything, mm-hmm. you know? And I will pray in my lowest points and I'll pray in my highest points. And that's right. something I've learned to do because there are times, yeah, there are times where I'm like, man, like sometimes like where God has brought me to my knees. So mm-hmm. I've been closer with him. So I've, I've like learned that lesson where I'm like, I'm going to thank God in my highest, like highest moments as well. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Well, I think that it's really important for us uh, to consider the uniquenesses of who we are, kind of how we're wired, how we approach prayer, and to not fall into the trap of 
of thinking we have to pray like everybody else or Mm -hmm. seeing what other people are doing and thinking, man, I don't do that. And so I think it's really uh, mature of you guys to be able to kind of see in yourself, like, this is how I pray. This is, this is, you know, I'm open to other things. Yes, there's going to be more moments of passion. And yes, there's going to be other moments where I'm just kind of following my outline and making sure I'm hitting all the bases. And, but it, it's both of those things. And it's, it's okay for us to have the uniquenesses that we see in prayer and not to feel like, oh, it's not enough or it's not good enough uh, when it comes to talking to God. All right, final question. Uh, we're coming to the end of our time here, but I just want to hear from uh, both of you. Um, what do you love about prayer? And Josh, let's start with you. I love the intimacy with God. I love mm. the moments. I don't want to say the moments, but the times where I, you know, I do love the times when I'm at my lowest mm. and it feels like God's just giving me a, like a hug mm. when I'm praying to him and wow. I'm in, in tears and I feel like I have no one else. Or I, I love the times where I'm just with him and I can sense his presence. I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know? And those are the times that I'm like, you know, like, I love this. This is why I do this. Mm. And man, when prayers are answered, that's great. I'm still happy. Mm -hmm. But when I know that God is there, that makes me even more happy. Awesome. Tony, what about you? Yeah, I would have to say uh, just the the timeliness of God in prayer. Mm. I know for me, like, not every time that you, you know, go to pray, God is going to speak to you or you're going to have some revelation about something. Mm. Uh, but it does seem that God, like when he does speak to you, it's very timely. It's like, oh, I needed that right in that moment. Yeah. Like, like you're going to hear, be here. You're going to answer my prayer. Again, you might not take away my eczema, but mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, you're going to show up in this moment where I really need you. And I really need like yeah. some spiritual deliverance from something. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's my favorite part is those, those times where it's like, all right, I'm. I'm here, God, I need you, I need you to speak, and then he does. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Josh and Tony, for uh, being here with me today and taking part in this. It was so great to hear from both of you, and uh, cool to see uh, the friendship that you guys have, and you're both really serving and committed to, to church and to a life of prayer. And so thank you so much for coming and sharing these things with us. Yeah, no problem. It was great to be here. Thank you. Teach Me Too is a presentation of Eastside City Church. It is produced, recorded, and edited by Josh Pegelang, Josiah Ragundan, and Paul Nguyen. 